Welcome to the DC Daily Drop, your one-stop shop for today's important news in DC movies, TV, and comics. Here are your hosts, Tom and Zach. Hello and welcome to the DC Daily Drop, a TV weekly recap number four for us. I'm Tom. I'm Zach. And we have Travis here. Hi, Travis. Hi, guys. Of course, to review this week in DC TV, a lot going on in the in the uh, DC TV universe. Uh, we will be spoiling everything from Supergirl to Gotham, perhaps. So uh, I guess we'll dive right in. Um, what did you think of Supergirl this week, Travis? Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought that there was a couple good things. I really loved the whole God uh, complex storyline, like how like people who get saved will obviously like look to Superman or Supergirl in this case. Like I thought they took a lot of elements from like some elements from BVS and threw him into the storyline pretty well. Yeah, it's a tricky thing to balance the superheroes, how they could look, you know, like gods to to some people. And, you know, that's that's a really tricky thing to ha- handle. And especially what they did here, I like that they did something relatively unique with having the religion and cult aspect. I know Zach said something to me the other day. He liked how it was it was just different from the usual formula. And this was definitely a different, you know, a mixed up episode that you don't normally get from Supergirl. Yeah, that's what it was. It was it was just nice and fresh in a different way to I mean, you always have to have some sort of conflict that you're dealing with in that episode, but this was versus just like a freak of the week or something like that. This was just a nice, cool, different way to do it. I liked it a lot. Oh, I really enjoyed it, and like I like episodes where I'm still guessing. Like first when I seen uh, the main guy, the cult leader, I thought that he was just in it for money or something. Where he was right. kind of, like his life went to crap before he got saved. So like I was just assuming that after I seen him first, but then you find out no, he's just genuinely like pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he was down in the dumps, and then he felt saved by him or saved by Kara. So it's not. So, you know, it might be it seems a little crazy from our perspective, Um, but, you know, to him, he was literally saved in more ways than one by Kara. I really did like how they tied it back into the pilot episode, Uh, having a view of that rescue from a different angle. I really liked that. Um, Yeah. What about you guys? I made a note of that and my like when I was watching it as well, that like they tied it back into the pilot really well. Like the whole crashing, and now I thought the probably probably one of the more powerful lines since I've been watching Supergirl was when she looked and she was like, "I remember all of them." Yeah, that was really cool, and I did like also how uh, this episode you didn't really know what you were going to get from scene to scene. I guess in retrospect, you could say maybe it was a little predictable, but while I was watching it, I was invested. I felt for Kara. I didn't know what she was going to do. I didn't know what the easy answer was, and so I really liked that it kept me guessing. Yeah, definitely. Like like you said, it's. A lot of the episodes, maybe like five minutes in, you can figure out the structure. Oh, this episode's going to be like this, and this is going to happen. But uh, I, I did not have that with this one. Yeah. No, and guys, I got a question now. Like, are we gonna like? Do we think that we're ever going to see Guardian? Because like they just brushed that <laughs> in like ten seconds. There it was like, you want to go fight crime? Yeah, I just listened. There's no crime tonight. Yeah, yep. I, I like. I mean, I guess they at least referenced it. I will say this was about as lazy of an episode as it gets to when it comes to explaining out guardian and especially Martian Manhunter, uh, he's like, well, I'll go there. He's like, no, you're not going to make it in time. Yep. <laughs> you just stay here. Twiddle your thumbs. 
I was just I'm just glad that it wasn't like a regular human like learned a way to beat him so he couldn't show up kind of deal like even though yeah you're right it was really crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um but hey I guess they had a line for it. Other elsewhere we had, you know, the Alex and Maggie kid situation really. I mean they're they're really emphasizing that in every episode at this point. And you know, uh in anything else that stuck out this episode, Travis? Uh I couple little tidbits like i was wondering are, were we ever going to see john's father like like what happened to him <laughs> is he just off in some like island somewhere chilling or but we got to see a little clip of him at the end which i thought was good and i it was really freaky the rain scene at the end there yeah like i really enjoyed that like they like they can do this right like that's very terrifying the way they set it up and also i counted five tubes of that red liquid at the yeah. end yeah, I will say like Supergirl and Arrow both had really well. I guess Arrow was a preview of next week, but they they really had interesting. Made me more interested in what's coming up, and I think whatever they're doing with Rain is intriguing at this point. And I I'm also glad we at least got a we got to see Carl Lumbly. Hopefully, we get more of him in the future. Yeah, and the I think again that they're doing something unique with this kind of not a superhero origin, but a supervillain origin and somebody who doesn't really know that they're going to be a villain. So it's just cool to see rain coming up like that. Do you guys, one question, do you guys like have any idea what Erica Durant's purpose is on the show right now? Or is it like <laughs> there's going to be some way to get information to defeat rain in the end? Yeah, I don't Probably. know. <laughs> I'm like, guessing. I really, I really don't understand what she's like, what she, what any of her messages at the moment. <laughs> I'm guessing she'll have more of a purpose later in the season or they wouldn't have gone through the, you know, the process of recasting uh, to get someone else in. I- I'm sure she's going to have more to do, but I don't know what it is. I wonder if um, she and Zorel could be somehow connected to Rain. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me. That's a little bit of season one redone, but it wouldn't surprise me if they did something similar to that. Um, but I I'm, I'm, I just got to believe there's going to be more of a purpose or they wouldn't have recasted her. So on to The Flash, uh, elongated journey into night. We got to meet Ralph Dibney. What did you think of Ralph Dibney, Zach? I absolutely loved him. I think the actor is really funny. I really liked how they used his character and especially, you know, finding out that you have those powers and freaking out about it and people are throwing up and stuff. And I, I think they did a pretty good job with our, you know, our TV budget effects. Uh, it looks pretty good. I liked it a lot. Oh, I really enjoyed him, I must say. And, like, his, it was nice to see Barry not get along with somebody. Like, usually Barry's, like, gets along with everybody. Like, Felicity said last year, like, he's like pudding. Everyone loves pudding. <laughs> yeah. And, and he, he started off kind of, he was kind of Ace Ventura at the beginning there. And then, you know, I started to like him more as the, oh, I like Ace Ventura, but, um, I liked him more as the episode progressed. And I'm, I'm, I like that there's conflict between him and Barry. Uh, I'm not sure about, I don't know if Ralph Dibney's ever been a, a dirty cop or anything like that in the past. So I don't know. They might be kind of melding Plastic Man and Elongated Man, which was nice to get the Plastic Man reference. Um, they might be they might be merging them a little bit, kind of like how Brandon Rouse's character is really sort of a cross between the Adam and Blue Beetle. Uh, they might have. So I, I don't know. Um, I, but I like what I've seen so far, and I think it'll be good to have another hero potentially with Barry who is unlike Barry and very, you know, creates a lot of conflict that way. Yeah, definitely. Um, and again, we got to see, I think Barry's second most powerful super 
power is the ability to take off his mask and change people's minds. Oh, okay. And we got to see that again. <laughs> yeah, he, he wasn't even he wasn't even vibrating his face. Travis mentioned a couple weeks ago about how Wally didn't do that, and then right. and then you know Barry just didn't do that at all with uh you know with everyone there at the end. So I just figured it was a matter of time before he revealed himself to Ralph. You yeah. think too that he'd be talking to Oliver a bit and be like, "Yeah, I'm going through a thing here where somebody caught a picture of me with my mask on. Maybe I do that in the alleyway there. Maybe I should be extra careful. No, I'll just I'll just reveal myself whenever, wherever. That's fine." Digby's response was pretty funny too. He was like, "Like, uh, like, come on, man! Most people get struck by lightning, and you get coma and die. You get powers." Exactly. That was uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, we also got to meet gypsy's father breacher who came in at a bad time and i thought that was really fun seeing him it was about as fun as you could hope for it was seeing breacher with cisco uh obviously a lot of conflict between the two of them at the start yeah it was great i really liked danny trejo playing him i i don't know this episode just worked really really well comedically and that part i I don't know which part was funnier breacher or ralph dibney they were both just so great yeah, but I, 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 I agree, and I found that they've, like, melded the story a bit better, where, like, last week, me and Tom were discussing, like, the title was a few too many jokes, just standalone jokes, but now they had it weaved into the story, like, with the characters being funny, so I found, like, I really enjoyed this episode, and I think yep. Danny, I felt uh, my heart broke a little bit when he destroyed all Cisco's collectibles, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, no way, you're never getting them back. Yeah, I noticed. I didn't. I should go back and watch what Cisco's room looks like. I noticed there was a Matrix po- Matrix poster for sure. I'm sure there was yep. tons of other stuff that I didn't even catch. That's where the pies for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I, like you said, I think it was a lot. I, I think it might have been slightly more serious. I think it was, it was better balance than the previous week. I, I liked the the last week's episode, but I thought this was a step back in the in the right direction, finding the right balance. Even though there was a lot of humor still, I thought it it fit well. Uh, felt fit better than it did last week. Yep. Agreed. I also thought it was really cool when he done the, like, I've never seen him phase through that many, like, he phased through, like, three floors to get away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and it, it doesn't make any sense. Why doesn't he just run the bomb away or something? But it was, I'm just glad they did that because it was cool to see the, him use the power like that. Yeah, I guess it was, like, some, maybe, like, it's just decisions made in, in an instant. I guess, it, like, like you said, he probably should have ran the bomb away instead, but. I guess you live and learn. <laughs> uh, anything else with the Flash, Travis? Uh, the Thinker. I thought that it was uh, that last scene there where uh, he, he told Barry DeVoe and it all clicked in. I was like, thank you for bringing around the two name drops of DeVoe last year right up. And that it didn't take Barry any long time. Like right away he remembered and knew. Like there wasn't like no in- insult to his intelligence at all. I really like that. Yeah, that was really smart too to see him remember devote. Now he's he's kind of prepared. He knows something's going on, and at least knows. Well, this is what I need. You know, devote is coming. I guess. Well, they heard. Yeah, they heard this, uh, him say like I, in the when he's recalling the memory, he heard him say it's cerebral inhibitor too. The the sabotage. He was right. Like, this yeah. Built the cerebral inhibitor, so maybe that helped. Maybe he remembers that like again in the future for a way to figure out. Like to stop, and I'd say that's probably what's going to end up happening. Yeah, I'm sure that will come in. That'll have to come into play. You know, how do we stop him? Oh, we just need a cerebral inhibitor. That's uh, that's obvious. Duh. Right. Glad <laughs> I have three of those laying around. Thank you, Savitar. <laughs> <laughs> See, he wasn't all bad. 
Uh, so on to Legends of Tomorrow. I got to say, this might have been my favorite episode of Legends of Tomorrow ever. Phone home. Uh, what'd you think of it, Travis? I was going to say this was my favorite episode of the week. I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, the callbacks to E.T., to Indiana Jones, to, oh my God, the 80s. It was like I'm a child of, well, I was born in the 80s and Canada doesn't didn't get the 90s until the 2000s. So <laughs> <laughs> I lived in the 80s and the 90s. So <laughs> That's awesome. This was perfect for you. Yeah, it was like taking a stroll down memory lane. Yeah. Yeah, this was, you know, every week, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, some stuff works, some stuff doesn't. For me, almost everything worked. Uh, there was, a, like, a couple things, like Nate saying, uh, I kissed the Dominator and I liked it. Didn't really work for me. Uh, but everything else was just awesome. And I think, you know, it's probably some of that, you know, you get E.T. meets Back to the Future or whatever. And it helps that it's centered around the Atom, which we don't get a ton of Atom-centric episodes ever. So it was really good to see him in the forefront, and I don't know everything worked for me. And yeah, one of maybe one of my favorite episodes of the season of the of uh, of any DC show this year, if not my favorite. Yeah, this was it was like you said. I I don't know what I can add on to that. Just a lot of superlatives. That's a it was a really really great episode, and it's Legends is obviously where you go if you want the goofy stuff, and they delivered the goofy stuff. But like you said, they did it well, and it, it all just seemed to work and come together perfectly in this episode. Yeah, like Mick was, Mick was every pl- place he was put was perfect. Like every time he came in, every, like when Ray was stealing, like I couldn't stop laughing at Mick's character yeah. the whole time. I was in like fits laughing. It was that funny. And he was like, keep Mick away from me. I don't want to be a criminal. <laughs> I don't want this to be the first thing to become a criminal. Oh my, it was just off the board hilarious. And it, like, I thought it was the way they like they well weaved in the ET storyline with Ray, younger Ray was perfect. Just perfect. Yep. Absolutely. And you know, not a lot of ton of season long progressions on the on the show, but when this episode is is done so well, I don't care at all. Like it's fine if we don't get anything from the time bureau or from whoever the big bad is, anything like that. I don't care if the episode is this good. And this definitely was i also i like that it tied back to the dominators you know i love returning villains so that was good and the creepy little cute little gumball <laughs> was uh was nice to see and it was cool and i thought young ray did a really good job as well yeah gumball was just just on the side of cute like almost terrifying and disgusting but just made it to the cute side <laughs> <laughs> i also uh, enjoyed like we've seen more examples of how strong the Dominators are. I felt like they underscored it a little bit in the crossover. Like you'd never seen any of the mental projection. Like you, they were in the machine. You were made to imply that the episode of the Arrow crossover was the machine was doing it, not the Dominators' actual powers. So like it was nice to see the Dominators project Ray's mom and then eight and read Sarah's mind. And like it was nice to see full extent of the Dominators' power. I must say. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. Um. Yeah, anything else on Legends? We're going to lose Stein for sure now. Uh, I don't yeah. know what they're going to do. I'm hoping, like I said the time before, that somehow it's just Firestorm the whole time with some voiceover from uh, Martin Stein. So let's, I don't know what what's going to come out of that. Yeah, I'm glad they're building to it. And the same thing with Supergirl with the, the Maggie storyline. It seems like they're building to, you know, we know these actors might take on a lesser role. So I, I like that they're building to it and not just their final episode. They throw something in. I don't know exactly what's going to happen to Firestorm, and I don't want to see 
Victor Garber gone, but I, I do like that they're building to it, and you can kind of see where it seems to be going. Yeah. Maybe Kid Flash shows up for Legends in the second half. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he uh, could. I don't think he can be a Firestorm, though. Um, uh, but we could use a speedster to replace him, possibly. Well, they could finally like feel what it's like to have speeds around on their side rather than be against Reverse Flash. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Although, man, a speedster on Legends, what I thought this with Firestorm, too. A, a speedster would be overpowered on the show. Um, but. I guess they could find they could they can always find ways to work around that. Yeah. Yeah. So on to Arrow reversal. Uh very heavy felicity heavy episode. What did you think of this, Travis? I actually enjoyed this episode. Uh it wouldn't like I maybe it's because of Michael Emerson reveal there and you got to see him as a villain and I'm really intrigued to see more. But even the felicity stuff I could understand and like progression of Felicity even and it was nice to see her and Oliver essentially like the title said reverse roles completely yeah um a lot of that I did like uh some of the you know I was I never really loved the never loved the whole uh whatever everything with Felicity and Helix so I didn't necessarily need to see more of that but it somewhat was a bit of a wrap-up on that so that was okay uh Good to see Michael Emerson. He, I think he'll fit in well, however however much we see of him. Uh, kind of a fun, creepy start with Black Siren. Uh, that was neat to see. Oh, yeah. She she completely stole the show in, in terms of, like, she's the, wor- she's the worst villain on the show right now in terms of killing people. It's, she doesn't even care. She doesn't even blink twice. Yeah, a lot of people thought, you know, she might have a redemption arc. It does not seem at all that is the way they're going. No, no, no redemption for her, but it's <laughs> very fun to see, I must say. Yeah, and, and, and like you said, it was cool to see Oliver. He seemed more relaxed this episode, sort of taking on a supporting role, even though he, you know, he, of course, got into some action. Um, yeah, and I hope if they're going to do this a few more episodes, I'd kind of like to see maybe some more emphasis on Diggle, his personal life, maybe some more emphasis on Dinah. Uh, to get backstory on them while Oliver takes a, a lesson role for however long. Well, I was reading an article yesterday, if you mentioned that, on IGN, they interviewed David Ramsey, and he was saying that like, you're going to see lo- you're going to see how it affects Diggle going forward, the drug use, and you're going to see Lila's reaction to it soon. So that'll be, like, they're going to flush that out in the next couple episodes, as we've seen at the end that Slade Wilson called, and he's going to go with, he's going to need his help. So, but you could even see when he was talking to the team at the end, like he still got that green arrow into him. He can't shut it off. He was there, like we got to do this, we got to do that. We took down these guys, and then he was like, "Oh, oh sorry, like old habits." Yeah, like, he, he, he knows he's going to be back before the crossover. I'm just oh, like, oh, absolutely. I'm just excited to see how they're going to clue this up because Dig showed no ill effects or no like anything from the drugs that he was taking at the end of the last episode. He never. I I expected him to at least maybe fly off the handle at somebody, or some like just show some effects. But no, there was no side effects of what he's been taking so far. Anyway, yeah, no roid rage or anything like that yet. But I suppose that could all be coming. I hope you know. I hope there's consequences to him taking whatever he's taking. Um, and yeah, that's good. I know. Yeah, it's a that's a good point. We know Oliver's going to be back before the crossover, probably even sooner than that. But I I don't mind them not rushing rushing him back just yet just to get a you know a fresh taste on the show 
Well, in that article as well, uh, Dave Ramsey said that the mantle of Green Arrow means a lot more to Diggle than people realize. And the writers are going to like, let him know that, and they're going to show it going forward, that he wants to be protector of his own city. Like, he wants to be, like, he wants the Spartan mantle to go, like, go higher, is what he was saying in the article. And I, I thought that was pretty cool. And I'm kind of interested to see how they're going to flush that out. And some of the, I'm going, I'm trying not to read in too much into the names of some of the episodes. Like I, I don't right. want to get ahead of myself. One was called Divide It, and I don't want, like, I don't know what's going to happen with Diggle and Albert. Like, I don't, I don't think they can even try to have them as enemies anyway. In any way, I don't, I don't see it working after five years of working together like they have and how close they are. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they. I could see some, maybe the drug plays into that. Um, the drug that he's taken plays into that and creates a, a conflict there where they have to maybe even fight one episode and then Diggle comes to the realization. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, but yeah, it's cool how Diggle does have the respect for Green Arrow because he's been doing this basically as long as Oliver has fighting crime in, in Starling or Star City. So that uh, makes sense. Well, he's been training with Green Arrow for five years too. Like, like I, you see him in those fight scenes like, Arrow's, like, if we could just stop for a second, Arrow's fight scenes have been amazing the whole season. Like, they've been good since last season, season five, in my opinion. They really started to, to turn a corner. And I don't think there's an action scene that I haven't enjoyed. Uh, and then no CGI, very lo- little CGI, which I think helps. They used to do a lot of one-shots, a lot of dark fights, but I guess that keeps the stuntmen in the suits for a long time, so you don't need, you can only have those line one-shots. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, the action has been the last couple of years has been better than, you know, the show started out strong and then it took a little bit dip, kind of like the overall quality of the show. The fight scenes seem to go down. Uh, I don't know if that's connected or if it's just seems that way, but yeah, they, I think they have picked up and, uh, you more unique fighting as well. But yeah, I, the, the coolest part was the ending because we know we're going to get some death stroke. We're getting a slay two parter. <laughs> I'm very excited for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, it looks like Slade's looking for his son. I'm pretty excited. That should be a highlight of this season for Arrow for sure. I uh, just wonder what's going to happen with Slade. Will he turn? Like, I don't think he could be evil, or he could work with his son. I, I don't even know. I just can't wait. There's a lot of possibilities. Yeah. All right. Well, elsewhere this week, Lucifer. Um, another good episode. Charlotte Richards is back. Uh, there was a cool Wonder Woman cameo. Well. A doll cameo. So I, I mean, that's that's neat to see. Um, yeah, and Gotham is Gotham's really good. Uh, Professor Pig. They continue that storyline a little bit, and that was, I love that Gotham continues storylines. They they do it better than than anybody in DC TV right now in terms of multi episode arcs and everything like that. So it makes it a lot a l- lot more enjoyable that way. And there's some really good tension because Penguin is basically running Gotham and competing with the police force, and uh, that's some really cool tension. So I'm liking that as well. All right. Well, that's all we've got for today. Travis, why don't you let everybody know where they can get a hold of you? Uh, you can find me at, on Twitter at Travis underscore 156. Just drop me a message and we'll chat DC anytime. We'll do. Thanks, all Travis. Right. Yeah, thanks for coming on. That's, uh, that's all we've got for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening, and make sure to check out DC Daily Drop on Twitter, Facebook, and DCDailyDrop.com. Drop by tomorrow for more DC news.